When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the CHGO Blackhawks podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. And I know this isn't the normal voice you're used to welcoming (laughs) you into the CHGO podcast, but I'm Greg Boyson, joined by Mario Terabasi. Today we are uh, Uh, shorthanded. Yes, it is. It's it's like uh, we're getting close to the one-year anniversary, so this is how... This little venture started. Our our guy Jay Zawaski is enjoying uh, an All Star Break extended weekend with the family, so you got to deal with just the two of us today. But we're gonna do what we do best, and we're gonna talk all things prospects. Uh, if you guys are diehard members, which you should be by now, but uh, those of you who are know that every week Mario and I bust out the Blackhawks rebuild report and keep you updated on the future. Because you know, let's be honest, that's what most of you guys care about. That more than what's going on at the United Center these days. So, most. Yeah, we're doing our uh, we're doing our best to keep you updated. So we're kind of going to bring a rebuild report to life today and get you all caught up on all things Blackhawks prospects. So it should be fun. And we're actually going to talk a little draft too. So uh, for you prospect uh, lovers, this one's for you. But we do have some other stuff and things to talk about. Uh, an old. <laughs> Blackhawks adjacent <laughs> news, yeah. Yes, some stuff about current NHL activities. <laughs> uh, our old friend Dylan Strom, the Washington Capitals, announced today that he got a nice new set of paper today, a five-year <laughs> contract extension worth $25 million. So a uh, $5 million per year, that's really good for Dylan Strom. Uh, I'm happy for him. Yeah, for sure. I I, I know that... Uh, He's a divisive uh, figure in Blackhawks history now. But um, yeah, look, is he benefiting from playing on a power play with Alex Ovechkin and, you know, playing with a a team that has a lot of offensive, uh, you know, firepower in the Capitals? Yes. Good for him. Like he he was playing with Patrick Kane and and Alex Dabrinkit when he was here and he was benefiting from it. Like there's nothing wrong with a player who's decent being elevated by the guys around him like isn't that what you want so i mean that i feel like that's the uh that's the story of dylan strome is just a guy who you know is he gonna generate his own offense no and if he is that must mean your team is is poorly uh poorly constructed but he's a guy that can that can complement 
uh, other guys and, and, and do it, do it well when put into the right situation. And he's been doing that. So, um, you know, second and third line centers, uh, guys who play those, those kinds of roles, this is what they get paid in the NHL. So I'm, I'm happy for him. Always seemed like a, like a nice guy. Um, you know, didn't, uh, didn't force his way out of Chicago. Uh, I think he wanted to stay with the Blackhawks, but, um, good for him to, to get a team, uh, to, to invest in him. That's what he's wanted his entire career and he hasn't really gotten it. So happy for him to, to get that deal. Um, like I, I know a lot of people are going to say, Oh, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't pay Dylan Strom $5 million. And I just want to say to some Blackhawks fans, like, Hey, like next summer, you're, you may be, uh, you may be surprised that who the Blackhawks end up giving $5 million to, to get the, uh, get to the cap floor there. So we'll see. They, they could do a lot worse than Dylan Strom sometimes. For sure. Yeah. The, the five years, 5 million. If I was, Kyle Davidson, I wouldn't have given him that for this particular situation. But for the Caps, hey, they're investing in. They like what they've seen from him, and he gets to spend the next few years helping Alex Ovechkin trace history and get paid handsomely to do it. Not a bad gig. So, Yeah, and probably play in the playoffs. Yeah, so, you know, good for him. I know it's what he's been looking for pretty much his entire career. And say what you want about him in his time here in Chicago, but He's a good human being and and deserves this. So uh, wish him well and hope it works out for both sides on that. Um, and then the other news you had brought up earlier, Mario, was uh, uh, just recently. The yeah, uh, was it yesterday or the day before the the NHL ratings had come out and league wide they're down quite a bit from last year. But there are a lot of different reasons that can go into that. I don't think anybody in the league offices is is, is jumping out of windows just yet. Uh, but we just got some local um, numbers. Uh, so what? What? Uh, not a surprise again. But guess what? The Blackhawks local numbers are down too. They are also down. Yeah, uh, this was uh, coming from uh, the, the Chicago Sun Times. Jeff Agrist. Uh, let me pull it up here real quick. Uh, so this is what he was saying. Um, this is coming from Nielsen, and again, this is from Jeff Agrist. Uh, after 41 regionally televised games. Hawks have averaged a 1.03 household rating in the Chicago market. Uh, says that's about 37,000 households, which is down 36% versus the same number of games last season. He says of the 23 team uh, NHL teams whose data is available, Blackhawks are ranked not, are ranked ninth out of those 23 in average household ratings. So it's yeah, not surprised that it's that it's down because it's a bad team. Uh, and also it's no Pat Foley, no Eddie Olchek. So you're, you're going to lose more people because of that. And, um, I, I, I don't think the, the broadcast group, uh, the, the rotation of, uh, Voster, Chris Voster's with Patrick Sharp and Troy Murray and, um, you know, the studio crew, I don't think that they've really, uh, turned a lot of people around some, but not a lot. Uh, so I think that that goes into the, uh, you know, into, into Blackhawks fans, not really tuning in as much uh, as they were last year. Um, but that's, that's to be expected. And, and once, once this team gets competitive again, those numbers are going to go back up. And, and that's sure. when, you know, we, we say it all the time, you know, winning, winning cures everything. And that's, and that's true. So, um, you know, if, if it was fully an old check, would the ratings be down 36%? Probably not, but they may be still down 30%. 
you know, it's bad hockey is, is, is hard to, uh, hard to watch, you know, 82 games of, if you're not being paid to do it, (laughs) I was going to say, you don't have to tell me that. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Well, and the, the national and, and yeah, you're right. The announcing thing has something to do with it. And I think it's better this year than last year when you were doing the whole Yes. live audition and that was just that was a nightmare uh logistically and just nobody could get anything you know any kind of chemistry um but overall it's the product you know the product if the product is bad a lot of casual fans are gonna tune out and wait mm-hmm. for them to get better again um but the national numbers is a little weird 22 per, down 22 percent since last season now uh, those are as, those those are games on tnt and espn Right. And as uh, Russell Morgan, who I saved this tweet just for when we had this uh, um, discussion, he's a, a Los Angeles Kings reporter and podcaster. He points out that, yes, the average numbers are down, but ESPN and TNT have doubled the numbers of games they've aired compared to last season. More games, especially West Coast games, means a lesser average. So mm. that gives a little logic to it. Uh, okay. So, some of it could also be that, you know, uh, more people, I don't know how they factor in, like, if you're watching on an app or watching on your iPad or streaming facility, like, I don't know how that, is it just pure TV ratings? Less and less people are watching games on TV, period. Yeah. I don't know. ESPN is also reporting that they've got, like, over 200% increase in social media interaction involving NHL. So, it there's different things a lot of people wanted to say hey it's the bad play playoff format it's no interest you know all this and that i'm like well the they had the same bad playoff format last year when the ratings were so high what's changed like and i think you know last year you probably had a little of the novelty of hey it's a new broadcast it's a new channel let's see how they do this differently and that wears off the key is going to be where those playoff viewership numbers lie that's where you really need to worry about the the health of the game. But uh, I think it's, you know, TV numbers can be very misleading and and they're very complicated. I don't think it's a science by any means necessary. It's more of a guesstimate. Yeah. I mean, it it can be like a more thought, thought more along the lines of like, this is a range of how many people are watching. I mean, yeah. And, and, and to the point of, you know, that, that you're making about how, how do they quantify the numbers of, you know, people who are streaming it or anything like that, rather than just strictly like people who have ESPN and TNT as a cable package and they turn tune in that way. I think, again, I don't know the, the, the finer details of it, but as far as I understand, like Nielsen is like still just cable TV ratings. Um, so I don't know if that factors in streaming, but yeah, I, I, I think, you know, there, there is some, there's there's always room for improvement with the nhl like that's been the case for decades um so i I think there's there there's strides that have been made to make the game a little bit more uh a little bit more appealing i think the way that they're they're kind of shifting a little bit of the marketing is good but it still needs to be more i I think you you look at how you know the nba and and the nfl and and you know, how, how players are portrayed in those leagues, I think makes a big difference um, in, in how fans respond to it. I think the NHL has tried to make a little bit more uh, of an effort to kind of open up players a little bit more, but it's, it's going to take some time. And, and I think it, because a big factor is just 
you know, hockey players for a long time are, are kind of uh, beaten out of the, the, the personality or the individualism. And it's so focused on being like, you know, Hey, you got to do X, Y, Z. So the team succeeds and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, guys don't really uh, portray themselves individually as much as, as other sports. So I think there's, there's some room for that to change. And so you can, you can get fans a little bit more excited about some of these guys, um, not only for what they do on the ice, but also off the ice. And um, I think, you know, the new generation of player that we're seeing, I think does a little bit more of that. Some of these young guys are, are pretty, you know, exciting and, and engaging on, uh, social media and, and, and they have their fun. Um, so I think that that's, I think that that's a good thing for the league to try and bring in more of those fans because, you know, your, your diehard fans, your guys that have been, you know, your, your people that have been watching hockey for, uh, you know, for 15, 10, 15, 20 years, you know, whatever um, they're, they're there, but bringing in that new generation is where, you know, the NHL needs to definitely uh, focus in on. Um, so I think that, I think that they're making some strides there, but it's, it's still, there's still efforts to, uh, to go for sure. Yeah. And, uh, it, the coverage and the marketing has always been geared towards more towards the diehards. There has been a shift a little more to try and get new fans in. And I think hockey is a tough sport to kind of want to become a new fan in a, because it can be complicated at times if you're not sure what you're watching and there really isn't, you know, I don't think there's enough simplification of things sometimes on the national broadcast to where a, a new fan can be like, oh, I totally understood what happened there. Instead of like, I don't understand icing. I don't understand offside. Yeah. I'm not watching this. And I think a certain section of NHL fans could be a little, do a little better. Like the, the, the gatekeeping that happens in NHL fandom is, is yeah. borderline ridiculous at times where again, it's like, I can understand not feeling welcome watching a hockey game because like so many fans, not so many, but a, a, a vocal section of hockey fans are like, this is our sport and you don't know what it is. So you can't be here. And it's mm -hmm. a little, little silly. And the, and the scheduling can help a little too, you know, it seems so many nights that yes. there's like 12 games all starting at the same time. Can you stagger them a little bit? Well, you know? <laughs> well, and I know. Go, go ahead, ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I just say, I know a lot of that has to do with TV contracts that like, the, the the networks that the, the local networks are on dictate the starting times but would it hurt you to start one game at 601 and then one at 607 <laughs> so there so you like you don't whatever game you're watching you don't it goes the intermission like oh let's see what else is going on and all 11 games are in intermission at the same time nothing's happening yeah like yeah have, have two start at six two at 615 two at 630 then at seventh like you know just just go go that way i even just and that you don't have to do that for when, oh, there's 14 games tonight. So you have to sta like stagger a couple of them. But even uh, the 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 other night, what was it? Might have been Wednesday night. The, la the last night that there were games, um, the the Leafs and the Bruins and yeah. the I forget the other game. Was it Hurricanes, Hurricanes and Sabres? Two Sabres, games I yeah. wanted to watch. Two games. And they both started at the exact same time. Like yep. you couldn't make one six and one six thirty. Like, yeah come on like yeah, so so yeah so you're, you're lining you're, you're lining up intermissions you know it's it's tough to you know and especially for people who you know they've invested in the ability to watch out of market games you're like oh okay you know you know sabers games in, in in intermission let me flip over oh what's another intermission so it it's harder to hold hold somebody in when every game is at, at the same point in the game so yeah that's that's a big problem that i think the league needs to 
somehow address. But again, like you said, the local markets kind of dictate those things. But that's yeah. that that could be something the league could easily say, like, hey, we're going to start, uh, you know, staggering these games a bit. Yeah, it would be easier. And, you know, building availabilities to have to do it. You know, why are there 11 games on the schedule tonight, but only two tomorrow? Almost all these teams share their building with NBA right, teams. Right. So it's tough to just you can't just say these are the nights we're playing and no you got to work it out and believe it or not i'm sure the nba teams probably get top priority in a lot of those buildings probably yeah yeah yeah, you're sharing it with the nba you're sharing it with you know concerts and monster truck rallies and disney on ice and all those things so it's uh it's it's not a it's not a puzzle i envy the person that has to uh piece it together there with the uh united center to keep all the dates straight so All right. Well, that's enough about the current state of hockey. The main reason we're here today is to talk about the future of hockey, specifically the future of the Blackhawks. Uh, Mario and I, every week this season and going forward, we will be doing the Blackhawks uh, Rebuild Report, uh, an article we put out every week on allchgo.com. You have to be a diehard member to get access to that. So that's one of the many many perks you get many perks by becoming a diehard member but uh we're going to kind of give you a, a peek behind that for those of you who aren't <laughs> don't have access to that but the way we do it is we decided in the beginning of the year we're going to split up the prospects mario covers uh the amateur prospects so the guys in college juniors i cover the guys who've already turned pro so echl ahl and uh, the handful of guys playing professionally in europe as well so we kind of break it down to you let you know what everybody's doing give you the biggest news so you so you stay informed so by the time the next prospect camp rolls around uh you'll know who these guys are by more than just looking at their name on the uh, roster sheet uh this week we're going to start with some injury news uh some good some not so good. So they'll both, uh, the biggest ones are coming in the college ranks. So Mario, I'll let you kind of keep us up to date on what's happening on the medical standpoint. Yeah. Yeah. The big, the, the big news uh, was, was the return to the ice of, of Frank Nazar. Uh, he's not officially uh, cleared to, to join Michigan again uh, just yet, but uh, you know, good news this week was that he's back skating after having uh, surgery prior to the season uh, beginning on a lower body issue that uh, I guess he sustained over the summer at some point uh, before getting to Michigan. So he hasn't played this season, but there is optimism uh, from that group that he's going to play by the time the season's over. Um, It's not guaranteed, but optimistic is better than better than nothing. Uh, So there's, there's a couple games for Michigan uh, left to go uh, in the regular season. And then big 10 tournament time starts on March 3rd. So I think there's probably enough time if they're already kind of, if they're optimistic and flirting with the idea that he's going to come back before the season's over. um, I would say probably by tournament time, uh, we should, we should hopefully uh, see Nazar back on the ice, which would be great. That would mean he's a hundred percent ready to go and um, you know, get him into the Michigan lineup and get a, get a glimpse of uh, get a glimpse of him for, for this season. Cause we haven't seen him since, since prospect camp. So it'd be great to uh, great to see him there. Uh, and then not so great news uh, for another uh, college prospect for the Blackhawks. Uh, this past weekend, Notre Dame's leading uh, scorer, Ryder Rolston, uh, who was acquired by the Blackhawks a few seasons ago from the Colorado Avalanche in, I, was it the, the Soderberg Soder- 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 trade? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, you know, a, a, not a drafted prospect, but a guy that they acquired Um we talked to him earlier this season. Uh, we saw him play uh, when we went and saw Notre Dame and, and Michigan play. 
Uh, he is done for the year. He had uh, a, a, I believe it was a broken collar, broken collarbone, um, which I've had before. Not a lot of fun. Um, and he had to have surgery to, uh, to repair that. So uh, I believe he's had the surgery. If not, it was going to happen this week. Uh, so his season's over. Uh, he was leading the, uh, the, the Irish this season in points. Uh, they've been having a bit of an up and up and down year, uh, but they got back into the uh, uh, top 20 uh, this past week. Um, so we'll see what, uh, we'll see what happens with the, with the rest of the, uh, the Notre Dame squad there. I know Landon Slager is, is still there with, uh, with Notre Dame and, You'd be surprised if you looked at the stat sheet if, to, to know that he was still there. He is having, uh, as far as point production, a uh, a very disappointing season. But yeah, bad news for for Rolson there. Um, he was a guy that I was uh, kind of on the fence about uh, after you know the the his his three seasons. I know it's it's coming up to you know time to make a decision for for the, for the Blackhawks on what they want to do with him. Um, he's a guy I'm kind of on the fence about, about where his real NHL future is at. Um, but I think with the injury kind of shutting down this year, I wouldn't be surprised if he comes back for a fourth season with Notre Dame next year. And then, um, him and the Blackhawk kind of take it from there, see what his future is going to be. So tough news for him, for a guy that, you know, we, we had a chance to talk to and, uh, seemed like a really good kid. Yeah. The CH Joe Blackhawks curse is alive. <laughs> yeah. We gotta, yeah. We gotta figure something out here. We gotta when burn they, some stage or something. Yeah. They start going to start running away from us when we walk into the locker room. <laughs> um, yeah. That's, it's tough news for, for Rolston. I kind of was interested to see what would happen if, you know, maybe he would do one of those late season go pros. When I, when I, when I look at Rolston and I'm not, this is not a, a knock on him by any means necessary. I see like, effective career AHL forward. Like a guy that yeah. one of those guys that can play out like 12 years in the AHL and have a lot of success there, but just doesn't have that extra half step yeah. or shot good enough to be a long-term NHL player, but a guy that may come up and play seven, eight games a season yeah. and lead the AHL in scoring, you know, and win <laughs> two or three, you know, Calder cups. Cause he's that veteran that, the wolves bring in every year when they want to win a championship. So <laughs> yeah, that's, right. that's kind of how I see them. And there's a lot worse careers than playing professional hockey in the AHL for a half, you know, for a dozen years. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's no, definitely nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I, I, I think he's a guy that offensively just kind of has a green light and just likes to, likes to, to shoot and likes to take the puck to the net. Um, but I, I remember when, you know, when we watched him and, and, and you made the comment that, and his skating stride just seems like there's a lot of energy in it. And that's not necessarily a good thing. You, you don't want to look like you're trying too hard yeah. uh, when, when you're getting up and down the ice, but um, Hey, I mean, he's, he's still a young guy. He's got uh, I, he's I definitely agree. He's got a, a, a pro future ahead of him. Just, I don't know how much of the time it will be spent in the NHL. Yeah. That was something um, when I first started scouting, uh, for the North American hockey league a few years ago, one of the uh, veteran scout gave me some of the best advice I ever uh, had when it comes to scouting is like, when you're watching a player, you start at his feet and work your way up to the rest of the body. And he says, it doesn't matter how fast a guy's top speed is what the diff, what really makes the difference out there is how 
long it takes that player to get to said top speed and how much energy they use to get there. So if it takes you 14 strides at like full energy to get to your top speed, you're gassed by the time you got to get the top speed. It doesn't really matter at that point. So those are the types of things that I always kind of keep an eye out for is not necessarily how fast the guy is, but just how, I don't want to say effortless, but just how much energy is expended mm-hmm. getting to top speed because that can make a lot of difference on the ice. Yeah, if you're if you're already you know if your if your tank is fifty percent full once you get to top speed, it's a big difference between being you know eighty five percent full at top speed. Yeah, yeah. So. you're pretty ineffective at top speed, but got no nothing left. You're too tired to get a shot off, but you're really fast. You're out of breath, but you're really yeah. fast. <laughs> you got to get off. You got to you got to change quickly, but yeah, yeah, yeah. You got there. So, but those are things that could be taught, coached out of For kids, sure. and those are those are things. So, we'll definitely be keeping a track on on Rolston and all those guys in the future. And then we talk about the AHL, so it's probably a good jumping point to to get an update on the Ice Hogs. Who, and we've been talking about, hey, they're they're doing really good, and they they they, they should be a Calder Cup contender. And then they go on a seven game losing streak to uh, start Yikes. the calendar year. Uh, they did get a couple of points out of that, a couple overtime shootout losses. But for much of the season, they were, for the first time in a long time, they were an offensive juggernaut. I mean, the first time that I can remember covering this team, they were getting four or five goals a night on a consistent basis. And then all of a sudden, that's kind of dried up a bit. Now, to the, to the uh, to, an AHL season is a long, weird year where teams go through these stretches where for a month they look unbelievable. And then the next month they look like they've never played hockey and then they're great again. (laughs) And a lot of that has to do with the roster flux. You know, you, the second somebody gets really good on your team, chances are they're probably not going to be there the whole season. So that's kind of a, and that happened with the, with the ice hogs. Lucas Reichel came up for that little bit and Brent Sini was called up. Those were their two top scorers and Isaac Phillips, who's one of their top, defensemen both offensively and defensive spent time up here and Ian Mitchell's been up here a lot you know guys like that Luke Philp came up for he missed a weekend he's been a contributor down there and Philip Roos and the list goes on and on and they've really not had their a number one goalie most of the season um you know they've kind of had to rotate too it was supposed to be Arvid Soderblom then he was with the Blackhawks then it was going to be Jackson Stauber but he got hurt and then it's Dylan Mitt. It's it's Mitchell Weeks. It's Dylan Wells, and then Stauber's back, and then Soda. Like it's just been yeah. crazy. So uh, the good news is their last game out. They they won. They they beat the Manitoba Moose to get back into a uh, win column. Um, and basically, this year is not a great year for prospects when it comes to the Ice Hogs. They brought in a lot of AHL veterans. There's a few. Like next year is going to be, and the year after that are going to be great years as far as prospects on the Ice Hawks goes. I think next year, you know, you'll see a guy like Jalen Lipen on the uh, on the Ice Hawks. You know, possibly Ethan Del Mastro, Nolan Allen, guys like that uh, will get begin their pro careers. Of course, the top guy here is Lucas Reichel, and we all know what happened here. He came up, he finally looked dynamic at an NHL level, and he went back down. And then he wasn't very good for about four <laughs> games. He had no points in yeah. his first four games back. But this past weekend, much better performance for Reichel. He picked up three assists in three games, including a pair of primary assists on a power play uh, during their loss to the Milwaukee Admirals. 
Uh, and then he had a big shootout goal uh, in their win, uh, that win against Manitoba Tuesday. So he's starting to snap out of his little funk. You know, I'm not in his head. I don't know, but he had to be disappointed after the way he played sure. and having to go back. And that showed those first couple games back. But it looks like he's getting it back together. He's heading off to the AHL All-Star game. So that could be a nice little break, a little fun for him. Um, you know, and then the other big news was Arvid Soderblom, who we saw appear a lot, played well. He went back down to the AHL after uh, Alex Stalock first came back from injury. And then he suffered a groin injury uh, New Year's Eve, I think it was, or maybe it was December 30th. Mm. And he missed about three weeks. Uh, and he was not great coming back either. Um, but his last two starts have have been a little bit better. Uh, he got yanked from a game where I think he gave up uh, five goals on 15 shots and uh, did not come out for the final period. But his last two efforts uh, have been a lot better. Um, he had the rough start. In Milwaukee, that was when he gave up uh, uh, the, the five goal. But at least, yeah, that, that was the game you were at, weren't you there, Mario? That, that was the game it. I was at. So uh, yeah, about that curse, you know. Yeah, <laughs> you were enjoying <laughs> some uh, uh, Panther Arena tacos that put you on the IR list for a couple of days. <laughs> yeah, they, they allegedly, allegedly, <laughs> yes. Uh, but he bounced back. Um, he got some. Uh, the next two games he started and he gave up just five goals on 70 shots. That's a 928 save percentage and got the ice Hawks three points. That was in the overtime loss to the wolves and then the win over the um, moose. So he's getting back uh, on track. And of course we have the young defenseman uh, Alec Regula is having a really good season down there. I think, I believe he actually leads all defensemen with five goals. So he's showing that offensive side that the Blackhawks, um, you know, were hopeful of. Yeah, he leads all uh, defensemen with five goals. Uh, he has 16 points total. Uh, a guy that we forget about and kind of got lost in the shuffle is uh, Jakob Galvis. Um, he's had quietly putting together a year, and this is a guy that the, the organization doesn't talk a lot about. I mean, we he was really good in training camp last year and even earned a couple of games, but. Uh, he leads all defensemen with 22 points and 21 assists. He's fourth on the team in assists behind Reichel, Sini, and David Gust. So Jakob Galvis is having a really solid year, and that's a guy that you know I'd like to see back up here uh, at the NHL level for a uh, another small look. Yeah, yeah, I, I think you know he he came up for a few games last year. He looked pretty decent, so I, I've I've been surprised um so far this year that he hasn't uh hasn't come up again and, and and hasn't really had the opportunity to uh to to show where his development is at um but i think he's he's been playing well in rockford but so is isaac phillips um you know alec agula was up uh alex vlasic was up at, at different points the good thing about the ice hogs is that you know as far as defensive prospects go like there's not a lot of flashy guys but there's a lot of solid solid guys that, you know, you could, you could point to and say, Hey, in a year or two, they're going to be legitimate, solid rotate, uh, NHL rotation, um, kind of defenseman, which, which is great. I, I, Isaac Phillips is at the top of that group. Vlasic and Regula are part of that. I think Galvis could be that. I just think he's, I think he's starting to slip into that, like Nicholas Bodan, uh, range where it was like, 
you know, he, he looked like he looked like he could could do a little bit, but then it just just started sliding down. And now you got, you know, prospects from uh, the last few seasons going to start sliding in next season. You, you, you have a you have a, a glut of good, def, good defensive prospects and some guys are going to get buried. I have, I have a feeling Galvis might end up being that guy. Um, but I, I agree. I'd like to see him get an NHL uh, stint, see where he's at, see where, see if he's made improvements from last year to this year. I think that that, that would be big for him. And I think it would be a good idea for the Blackhawks to do that and see what you have. Yeah. I think post deadline is going to be a good time to rotate some of those Rockford guys in and out. Uh, there'll be some space on the roster for sure. Yeah. Uh, one last guy uh, I want to mention before we uh, tell you about our friends over at Goose Island. Um, he's playing in the ECHL uh, with the Indy Fuel, and that's Chad Yetman. Uh, he was a sixth-round pick back in 2020. He spent most of last season with the Ice Hogs and was a bottom six guy and, and contributed at, at times. But he's been really great in the ECHL. He's had a couple of uh, uh, amateur tryout stints with a couple of different getting loaned to a couple different AHL teams. Um, but he has in his last 18 ECL ECHL games with Indy, he's only been held off the score sheet once in those 18 games. So he has points in 17 of his last 18 games. He's got 18 goals and 36 points in 36 games for the fuel. So he's getting it done down there. Um, I know the, the, the fuel doesn't get a lot of, 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 pub a, a lot of coverage uh he's the only blackhawk draft pick playing for indy right now mitchell weeks yeah. was down there before uh but he's been up with the ice hogs a lot so yetman's getting it done he's a guy to keep an eye on i don't know if he's got an nhl future ahead of him but you know he's a fun guy to keep an eye on and maybe uh he'll get some extended time up in rockford before the end of the season and we'll see what happens there yeah, I, I I think he. I, I remember seeing him a few times with uh, with Rockford over the last uh, last season, and yeah, I I think he's he's one of those guys that you know kind of rides that fence between the AHL and ECHL. But good to see him succeeding with uh, with with Indy for sure. Yeah, hey uh, Goose Island, you know they uh, they jumped on recently with us and are the uh, official beer sponsor of CHGO Sports. And I mean, can you think of a better group? to be con- to be uh combined together goose island and chgo i can't they are chicago's beer since 1988 and look it, it's it goes without saying uh i i am a big fan of the blackhawks pale ale the limited release from goose island uh just a beautiful design on the can if you haven't uh tried one it's a great tasting beer uh there will be plenty of them at the uh chgo takeover event happening on february 10th um if you didn't get a ticket sorry it's officially sold out yep. uh big props to you the chgo blackhawks fans for uh selling out the takeover over event uh gonna be a great time it's gonna be hang- happening february 10th uh blackhawks hosting the coyotes uh we're gonna be at the goose island brew pub um if you did get your tickets a reminder you're also gonna get yourself a free chgo Blackhawks uh, t-shirt, the one you see here on your screen, the brand new design. Uh, you're going to get that with the event. You're also going to get a ticket to the game in the 300 level. You're going to get to hang out with myself, Greg, and Jay. And uh, you also get two uh, beverages at the uh, Goose Island Pub at the UC uh, with the event. It's going to be a great time. Uh, so, again, like I said, the Blackhawks Pale Ale, 
that will be there. Uh, probably the Bull City 312 will also be there since it's in the UC. If you enjoy that one, you can get yourself some of those. Of course, uh, the Green Line, the Matilda, the Beer Hug IPA series, which is uh, relatively new. I've heard great things about. Um, so yeah, the, the the whole lineup from Goose Island, uh, you're 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 gonna find yourself a beer that uh, that fits your tastes. And uh, what you want to do is uh, go to one of their two local locations here in the Chicago area. Uh, they are open and ready to welcome you. You can grab a beer right from their innovation tanks at the Goose Island Tap Room located at 1800 West Fulton, or you can get yourself a nice tasty smash burger and a fresh beer of the week at the original Clybourne brew house. And that is at 1800 North Clybourne for reservations and pickup, go to gooseisland.com slash locations. Again, that is from our friends at the goose Island beer company. Yeah. And if you still want to go check out that coyotes Blackhawks game Friday night uh, and missed out on the takeover tickets, you can always use, uh, that game time link in the podcast description and yes. uh, buy yourself some discounted tickets and still stop by and say hello and enjoy a hockey game as well. Wow, we can't wait to uh, hang out with all of our CHGO listeners that night. It's going to be a lot of fun. Oh yeah. And uh, speaking about a lot of fun, uh, the Super Bowl it's almost here. We're just over a week away. Up. This the stage is set, and we're counting down to the battle in Arizona. There's no better way to get ready for the NFL action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, official sports betting partner of fifty of uh, Super Bowl Fifty Seven. New customers can bet just five dollars and get two hundred in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can take a shot at even bigger payouts with the DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. Boost your Super Bowl 57 winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. I can't wait. It's going to be a great game. I I love the uh, the modern quarterback position and you got two of the best with Patrick Mahomes and and uh, Jalen Hurts. It gets me excited to be what might be down the road as Bears fans with Justin Fields. They play similar types of games, so mm -hmm. uh one thing I'm looking forward to, I noticed the other day, uh, DraftKings has, you could pick your own Super Bowl squares and bet on, you, you instead of just picking a random square and getting stuck with two and five, you can pick <laughs> seven and seven, or you could pick Eagles seven, Chiefs three, whatever combination you want, you can do and bet on them. And of course, each number combination has different odds, but that seems like a lot of fun. And our play of the week almost hit last night, in case you oh, missed it. Almost. Our guy Giannis had 54 points, well over the 32 and a half we needed him. But the Bucks only won by a point. We needed him to win by five. So almost hit that yeah. last night. But uh, good to see our guy go off uh, on the Clippers. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use that promo code CHGO. New customers can bet $5 on Super Bowl 57 and get 200 in free bets instantly. That sounds like an amazing deal. And it's only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code CHGO. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. Sorry, Blue jackets fans see show notes for details did you see how uh Giannis celebrated his 54 points last night uh i missed that he said I, I, uh he said i'm gonna go to i'm gonna go to culver's and order 50 cheeseburgers and eat as many as i i can uh and, and then he said i'm going to culver's because chick-fil-a doesn't give me free meals <laughs> see I knew I was, I knew I liked this guy for a lot of reasons. <laughs> so that was, uh, that was good. I don't know how many he, he put down, but I'm sure he, I'm sure he probably flirted with that 50. 
I'm sure he gave it a good run. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then he burned all those calories off like instantly. Oh, for sure. Cause he's, he's a well-oiled machine, finely tuned athlete with a high metabolism. Right. I look at 50 <laughs> cheeseburgers and I gain six pounds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm sure do we want to, our... uh, do we want to jump into the, some of the European guys? Well, I mean, the, I'm going to be honest with you. Europe is not that exciting these days. There's only five actual prospects over there. One of them is been hurt for a while. Um, so, I mean, the guys are really watch over there. Uh, Victor Schornberg, we saw him a bit in the, in the world juniors for Sweden was the captain of their yeah. team had a, had a huge goal there uh, in, in the elimination round, but uh, he's not putting up great numbers in, in the, the, he's been playing in the Swedish hockey league, the top league, but again, European kids, teenagers playing in the men's league, they're not going to get a lot of minutes. They're not going to get a lot of, you know, they're going to play fourth line. They're going to play yeah. nine minutes a night. They're not going to get the opportunities. He was sent down for a weekend to the under 20 league to kind of jumpstart him. And he played three games down there and he had an assist in all three games and then came back up uh, to the top team, uh, the Lakers there. And he had an assist in his last game. So it was his first point in the SHL in quite a while. So, you know, but the Blackhawks know what they're, we saw what the Blackhawks saw in him. when we, if you watch the world juniors, a high energy guy, mm -hmm. a guy that, that leads by example, goes to the dirty areas of the ice. You know, he's going to be one of those grindy bottom six guys if he gets here. But, you know, I, I think, I think there is an NHL future for him. Uh, I'm sure he'll come over at some point, North America, probably not next season. I'm, I'm guessing he's going to stay. So it's a little too early still. Let him let him progress out there, and then maybe in two years come back and see what he could do in the AHL. Uh, yeah. Other than that, you know the, the the European prospects. There's not there's not any top prospects over there. You know, everybody over there is fourth, fifth, sixth rounds. Uh, you got a couple in in Finland with Anti Sorella, who who was playing well. Uh, he he missed about a month with an injury, but he's been finally picking it up. Uh, so. Yeah, I would love to like say, oh, the man, these European prospects are just killing it. But it's not that exciting. You know what is exciting is the guys we have over in juniors and college here. And I'm sure uh, our listeners are getting tired of, of hearing me ramble. So it's your turn, Mario, to, to keep us updated. Uh, what's going on with our CHL prospects? Yeah, there's a lot going on. Um, I, I mean, obviously coming off the heels of the of the world juniors, uh, the Blackhawks had uh, four prospects with Team Canada, which was a, a, a lot of fun to watch. Um, Colton Dock, uh, he got hurt, so that was that was a, a bummer way for his tournament to end, but uh, still gets a gold medal for his uh, for his efforts. Um, but yeah, the the big three there with uh, Nolan Allen, Ethan Del Mastro, Kevin Korchinski, um, they've all rolled off of their their World Junior performances. Uh, and jumped right back into uh, in, into their respective leagues and, and have made pretty good impacts. Um, Korczynski leads the Seattle Thunderbirds uh, defenseman in scoring this season. Um, he's well over a point-per-game uh, player in the WHL this year, which is great to see after being I, off the top of my head. I believe he was either right under a point-per-game or right at a point-per-game last year in his draft year um, and was a big reason why Seattle had a, a deep playoff run last year and Seattle loaded up to have another deep playoff run because they traded and acquired Nolan Allen earlier this year. Uh, those two were playing as a defensive pair for a while. Uh, they've been split up now because Seattle has also acquired uh, Luke Prokop from uh, last year's WHL champion Edmonton oil Kings. 
Uh, so now Korchinski and Prokop, they are the top pair uh, in Seattle. Nolan Allen is on the second pair. And Seattle ha- also acquired Colton Dock while he was injured. So uh, once he gets back to health, uh, the Seattle Thunderbirds are going to be uh, a team to keep a lot of eyes on for the Blackhawks as they are uh, likely going to have a, a deep playoff run in the WHL. And hopefully we can maybe uh, line up a, a trip in, uh, that trip in April out to Seattle, see the Kraken yeah, and Blackhawks play. And then maybe catch a Thunderbirds playoff game. Like that would be a lot of fun. Yeah. Let's keep putting that into the universe and seeing if we can make <laughs> that happen. The, the Thunderbirds are, as the kids say, going for it. There's no doubt. Yeah. About that. They're, they're, they're going all in. They have <laughs> the, the, the trade, the trades in the CHL are just so ridiculous where you can have like 15 different assets moving between two different teams. Yeah, trade picks 18 years from now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, they're trading kids who are like 11 years old right now. It's, it's yeah, crazy. So some, some of the kids that are going to get, you, drafted with some of these picks getting traded haven't even been born yet <laughs> <laughs> yeah almost almost um del mastro was also traded uh he was he was uh, part of a trade from mississauga to the sarnia sting uh that was coming after uh after the world juniors obviously and um he's you know what we what has been his big selling point has been his defensive game uh for a while and what the blackhawks um have expressed to him in his development uh, over from, from last year to this year is to, Hey, like, you know, let's, let's see that offensive game uh, get a little more pop to it. And Hey, asking you shall receive from Del Mastro. He's also playing uh, at over a point per game this season uh, between his time with Mississauga and with Sarnia. Um, the sting are, are in the playoff uh, picture right now in the OHL. Uh, Del Mastro is, is, is a part of that right now. And um, he's, he's, he's getting top minutes. And uh, I, I think, those guys, Allen, Korchinski, Del Mastro, like the new, that next crop of defensemen are going to be very exciting for the Blackhawks because uh, you got guys who have size, um, who can move well. And especially with Korchinski, you have a guy who can be a dynamic offensive threat. And then Allen and Del Mastro can, can chip in offensively a little bit, but be that sh- more shut down presence. Um, that I, th- I think is going to be very valuable for this for this club moving forward. So those guys, they're 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 turning a lot of heads uh, for sure. And you know those are the easy ones to to to, to talk about. One guy that that you did mention uh, as a potential future member of the Ice Hogs for next season that um, you know we were really excited to see at prospect camp, but then because of a shoulder injury that required surgery, he didn't play, and then he's missed a big chunk of this season. Uh, but Jalen Lipen. Um, he is, he is now healthy. He is another guy that got traded. Um, he went from the oil Kings in the WHL, uh, to the tri city Americans. Uh, and he is playing over a point per game since he's returned, uh, to the lineup for, for tri city. Uh, and he's a guy that, you know, was, uh, was the last pick of the former GM, uh, and was in the seventh round steal. I'm, I'm going to say right now, he's, he's a guy that I think, um, you know, he doesn't have a, 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 a lot of size, but size doesn't keep you out of the, out of the NHL anymore. Um, you know, he's, he's a guy that's got some offensive pop, a, a definitely a high energy player. Um, he's someone who, who is, is definitely flying a little bit under the radar as far as Blackhawks prospects go, but he's, I mean, how often do you see a seventh round pick um, the year after they're drafted, get an entry level deal? Not very often. So yeah, no. I think the Blackhawks have, uh, ha- have kind of a, I'm not going to say diamond in the rough or, or, or hidden gem or anything like that, but definitely a guy that a lot of teams may say like, Hey, why didn't we 
why didn't we see this guy earlier? Why did he get to the seventh round? Um, so I, I, the plan is we have been told the plan is for him to, to come to Rockford next season. I wonder um, off the top of my head, I don't know where tri city's at in the, in the playoff standings, but I wonder if uh, he might be a guy that, uh, that comes in towards the end of the AHL season uh, and maybe gets some time uh, around the ice hogs and maybe gets into the lineup. Who's, who knows? Yeah. As much as we criticize he who shall not be named uh, that last draft class might be looking pretty good. I mean, yes, Nolan Allen was a stretch at the first round, but he's by all, uh, you know, indications he's going to be a solid player. Um, you know, Ethan Del Mastro was part of that draft in the fourth round. Lipen is, is, was way down, you know, as you mentioned, seventh round. Yeah. So, I mean, even if you get Lipen, all he does is come and play for Rockford, never plays for the Blackhawks. If four or five good years in Rockford, that's a pretty good seventh yeah. round pick. Not a, not a lot of seven round picks even get to the AHL. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it would be, it'd be interesting to see what happens with him. Uh, and then one guy that I do want to make mention here before uh, before we move on, uh, as far as the CHL guys go, uh, was mentioned in the um, uh, mentioned in the chat here. Also, uh, would be remiss if we didn't mention Jay's uh, favorite pro- prospect, Samuel Savoie, uh, third round pick, fan favorite. Oh yeah, fan favorite, a third round pick from this from this past summer um, in in the Quebec Major Junior League with Gatineau. Um, he is, you know, he was, he was well under a point per game guy uh, last season in his draft year, but Kyle Davidson and, and the Blackhawks staff obviously pointed out his, uh, his work ethic, his, his play style, his character. Those are things that they focused on. And he was someone that uh, you could tell by the way he plays uh, had to jump out to them. Um, the comparisons to Andrew Shaw have already been made. Um, and I, I think maybe, you know, not, not, not too far off. If he ends it, if he pans out to be Andrew Shaw, fantastic. That's great. Um, he is playing over a point per game in the, in the queue this year uh, with a, a team with uh, Gatineau that I believe is going to uh, be in the postseason. probably going to have a, a good shot at, at going, uh, going deep there. So we, we might end up seeing a couple, couple Blackhawks prospects in the Memorial cup uh, when, when things are all said and done this, this spring. So that would be very exciting to see. Yeah, for sure. Uh, hey, we got we've got some all people from all over the place watching today. I noticed yeah. we had a, a viewer from uh, Tucson, Arizona, checking in. Gravely Diggs, hello to you. It's never nice. miss a podcast. We appreciate that. And uh, Dolly Boy twenty four seven from Australia, from down under. Hello there. Uh, thanks for checking in as well. Um, That's a good question. If, yeah, the, there are there are a lot of rumors that there's going to be a preseason game or two in Australia next year. And if the Hawks are involved with the CHGO big leagues, be sending you boys down under. I certainly hope so. I mean, <laughs> why not? Let's do it. I've never been to Australia. I don't know if I can handle that long of a plane ride. Oh, that doesn't gosh. sound fun to me, but um, take get, I'll take a, a bunch of Benadryl and, and try and speak as much <laughs> as I can. We have Thomas from St. Paul. Love seeing people from all over the place. Yeah. Of course, we have some of our regulars checking in from Mexico and Canada. We are an international Oh yeah, flair. Um, and, Worldwide, uh, and we have some guys, uh, listeners, asking about who should the Hawks focus on after those potential top three pick. I'm glad you asked that because we've picked out a few guys for that exact purpose. But before that, uh, we got to take care of a little more business, and then we'll get into that as well. So Mario, tell us how we're going to look good on the golf course this yeah. spring. Yeah. Hey, uh, our, our our friend in Tucson, uh, Gravely Digs. 
I'm sure the golfing weather is great out in Arizona right now. Uh, so if you want to uh, send us uh, some plane tickets to get down there and we'll cover the greens fees, but we're going to be coming down with our pins and aces gear looking fresh out there on the links. Pins and aces is the official golf apparel partner of CHGO and the presenting sponsor for the big drive energy golf podcast on the all city network. Uh, they have tons of golf apparel. That's going to make you look great out there on the course. Of course, a family owned business. Uh, they have amazing polos, hats, uh, golf bags that can be customized, and the favorite, the beer sleeve, the innovative product that allows you to store up to seven beers right inside your golf bag and keep those drinks cold the entire round. Hey, you know, beer cans, soda cans, uh, sparkling water cans, they're all basically the same size. It can be a sleeve to keep whatever drink you want cold. Uh, it, can, it can be very versatile and very useful out there on the golf course. Uh, so be sure to check out pinsandaces.com. And when you do, use the promo code CHGO. You're going to get 15% off of your first order, and you're going to get free shipping on that order. Again, that is the promo code CHGO at pinsandaces.com. Hey, we love all cans here at CHGO yes. Blackhawks. Yes, we do not discriminate. We are, we are can-friendly. Yes. Bring us, give us your cans. Uh, the, the ComEd Energy Efficiency Program is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities they serve manage energy uses and lower energy bills now and into the future. ComEd offers a wide array of incentives on lighting and other efficiency programs to commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across their territory. Customers can inquire about how to upgrade outdated lighting to energy and money-saving efficient LED lights. Learn more about network lighting to operate your lights through your mobile device and track your facility's energy uses and more. Incentives have recently increased for indoor, outdoor lighting and network lighting controls, making these projects even more cost-effective than before. So visit comed.com slash poweringbiz, B-I-Z, now to start saving money and energy to start a project contact comed at 1-855-433-2700 for more information email bizee at comed.com or public sector ee as in energy efficiency at comed.com we appreciate uh, our friends at comed for giving us tips everybody loves saving money you can use it to buy golf apparel yeah and save up for uh, save up for plane <laughs> plane trips to Tucson and Australia and all that. Like our friend Brandon uh, says in the chat, get two dollar super chat. Thank you, Brandon. Save up those credit card rewards miles. Uh, I I wish my credit card had that. I think that's maybe my fault, but it does not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't like ninety thousand dollars. At least you're getting something. Yeah. Right. Right. Speaking of getting something, uh, the Blackhawks, we, we talk, we've been talking all season long about, of course, Connor Bedard. We know they're going to likely have one of the top three picks. We know if it's number one, it's Connor Bedard. If it's number two, it's Adam Fantilli. If it's number three, you got Mitch Koff, you've got Leo Carlson, you got a couple options there. But we're going to have at least one pick in the second half of that first round. We got the Tampa pick. There's a chance there's going to be yeah, maybe one or two more 
depending on where we go, but they're all going to be from playoff teams. So we're talking 17th through 32nd. So who do we draft there? You guys are asking Mario and I have kind of picked out a few names to keep an eye out before then. And we're definitely going to do some more coverage on those types of guys. Once we have a better idea of exactly where the Blackhawks are going to draft, it's a little hard now because we don't know where they're picking and these things can change between now and, and July, but we both have three guys and I think we're kind of got the line of thinking I know you guys are talking in the chat that, hey, the Hawks need to invest more in forwards, and I agree with that. Uh, as Emily Kaplan told us earlier this week, the um, the Blackhawks saw how good the defense were last year, and that's why they traded to get Kevin Korchinski, and they took Sam Renzel as well. So knowing yep. that this year's forward group is elite, stock up on those defensemen last year and then get your def- uh, forward. So I've got three forwards that I think they should target. Mario's got three pl- players. My first two guys are a little on the undersized section, but then the third guy uh, will um, quench your thirst if you need some size. Uh, (laughs) My first guy that I think the Hawks should be looking at is Jaden Perron. Uh, He is playing for the Chicago Steel. He's a 5'8", 157-pound forward. He's got 16 goals, 24 points, and 37 games for the Chicago Steel. Our friends just up the road. Uh, Last year had 17 goals, 45 points, and 60 games. He will be going to uh, the University of North Dakota next season. So I know college guys. Uh, I think Kyle Davidson kind of likes those college guys. And uh, he's going to one of the best programs. So that's a guy. And plus for him, not related to David Perron. There's no relation there, <laughs> just in case you're wondering. Uh, but he is an elite passer. Yes, he's got he's undersized. But as Mario said, that doesn't necessarily keep you out of the NHL like it used to. Uh, it's his passing ability that has scouts drooling. He's one of the most efficient uh, and skilled high-low passers uh, in all of junior hockey, be it Canada, United States. Uh, he just gets that puck through through layers of defense that you don't think there's a lane. And he uses his puck-moving ability to get the, the defenseman out of position to make those passes. So if you're getting guys like a Connor McBedard or, or these, these, all these goal scoring guys, it might make sense to have a guy like Perron that can create space and get him the puck. Um, second guy I want to, uh, the Hawks to take a serious look at, and I really fell in love with his game at the world juniors. And that's Gavin Brindley, uh, a five foot nine, 157 pound forward uh, at he's at the university of Michigan. So again, I'm, I'm going to guess the Hawks, probably have seen him play a few times. Oh, they sure. probably have seen him play a few more had Frank Nazar been in the lineup. But, you know, I'm willing to bet they've made some trips to Ann Arbor to see that Adam Fantilli kid and also Gavin Brindley. Uh, he, he's another one of these guys a little smaller. He's got three goals and 17 points at in 26 games at Michigan, but he's playing bottom six minutes as a younger player. Uh, but he's got fantastic speed and, and agility and, and makes plays under pressure and gets to the dirty areas. We saw him at the World Juniors. He had a goal and four points for the Team USA. He was that guy that just, you know, got into those dirty areas. He was high energy, high motor. I, I really like him. I think he he fits that Kyle Davidson mode of hard work ethic, never takes a shift off. Uh, I think he could project to be a good middle six uh, forward if everything pans out. So those both of those guys are about the same size. Uh, the guy, if he's there when the Hawks are on the board at that Tampa pick or maybe whoever else, 
I think the guy I really want to get is Matthew Wood, who uh, is is a forward playing at uh, University of Connecticut right now. He's six foot three, 190 pounds. So he is the opposite of those other two guys. He has that size, but he is a pure goal scorer. So he's got the size and he's got a a deadly release and he knows how to score from different areas on the ice. Uh, His biggest knock, according to some of the scouting reports I've read, is that he needs to improve his overall mobility if he wants to be an impact player at the NHL level. But that's something that could be worked on with, with coaching and with reps and with development. Uh, but he has, you know, uh, again, his shot is great. He has, as, as uh, another scouting report says, he has a arsenal of deadly releases. That sounds good to me. And he's got that size. He's got nine goals, 26 points and 27 games at UConn. Um, he's a little older player. He played a few couple seasons in the uh, British uh, Columbian League before going to college. So if you want the size, Matthew Wood is the dude to uh, look at in, in those 20, 20 round range there. Yeah. Yeah. Guy, guys in the, in the, in the teens and twenties um, we've talked about the, the depth of this, of this draft class. Um, you know, Emily Kaplan saying 50 to 60 guys in this, in this, uh, in this class are going to be potentially impact impactful guys at the NHL level. So yeah, these, these are guys outside of the big four that that's still like in, in most other draft years might be uh, sneaking into, you know, the, the top 15, top 10 of picks uh, in different draft years. But just because this, this, this class is so loaded they're uh, they're probably going to be in play for the Blackhawks because they're going to have, like, like you said, they might have, another shot another two shots in the first round um you know they they had three last year in the first round that that they didn't expect to have um you know hey if they get crazy maybe they get four four uh, first round picks this year who knows um but yeah i i i, I like those guys um brindley was going to be uh when when we were talking about uh, you know who we wanted to mention uh brindley was going to be one of the guys that uh that i was going to mention here but uh, but you had him so i was like all right that works for me um yeah, the, the the three guys I have, um, I I have two forwards and a defenseman, and it's funny that people are like, no more defensemen, no more defensemen. But nine of the eleven picks they made last year in, in the draft were forwards. So Kyle Davidson definitely knew he had to to replenish some of the forward depth uh, in the prospect system, and and he's he's definitely uh, making an effort to do that. Uh, the first pick that the Blackhawks are going to make, I have a hundred percent, hundred and twenty percent faith that it's going to be a, a forward. Um, but the forwards I have, uh, the first guy I have is, is, is climbing up the, the draft boards. I think he's gone from a preseason second round potential pick to now he's uh, on most draft boards uh, in the late teens, early twenties. Uh, and if the last name is familiar, it should be uh, Gabe Perot, son of Blackhawks development coach and former Blackhawk Yannick Perot. Uh, he is definitely uh, climbing the draft rankings, uh, his last 10 games, he has 23 points uh, with the U.S. development program. Uh, he has been tearing it up with them this year between uh, the development program and the USHL. He's combined for, let's see, he's got now 54 games played uh, and has scored 48 goals. That's pretty good in, in combined uh, combined efforts there. Over 100 points in 54 games, uh, 100, quick math here, 104 points in 54 games for the u.s development program for perot um his his shot is is definitely his his biggest uh, attribute and i think he's a guy 
who could who could really make a make an impact in the Blackhawks prospect system, which if you've been paying attention to Scott Wheeler has yet to be named in his top uh, midseason rankings uh, as as far as uh, ranking all of the prospect systems in the NHL. He's got he's gone from 32 to seven and no Blackhawks. So they're at least in the top six in Scott Wheeler's eyes. I think we need to contact Mr. Wheeler when he releases where the Blackhawks are and have him on to discuss that sort of thing. Sounds good. Yeah, why not? Uh, the other forward I have here, um, big surprise, someone that I've been mentioning uh, since last summer uh, after the draft when we started to really look at the 2023 class, uh, and that is sizable forward Charlie Stramel uh, from the University of Wisconsin. Uh, he played with the uh, U- t- uh, for t- with Team USA at the World Juniors in a fourth line role. And that was probably the best he's looked this season. Um, Wisconsin as a program has been terrible. Uh, So that's really kind of sucked down his, uh, his expectations and his draft stock. He actually started the year as a potential top 10 pick and uh, on a, on a lot of draft boards is fallen to the second round. So I think a lot of that is because he's playing in a program that is not very good. He hasn't had the opportunity to really, showcase his offensive uh, upside but his size is what a lot of people love his ability to move at six foot three 215 pounds is uh is is very uh enticing uh and the raw tools are there um so he's picked up his game a little bit in the last couple of games for wisconsin which is good to see um but i think you know what what you saw from the world from from him at team usa at the world juniors was a was a good sample size of like where he's at right now um and like i said like the, the size he has, the mobility he has at that size is, is really good. Um, if he can hone in those, those uh, offensive tools, I think his, his four checking game is, is really good. Uh, that's a guy that I think could slip and could become a nice, a nice steal for a team late in the first round. Hopefully the Blackhawks. Uh, the last guy I have is a defenseman. Uh, he is teammates with Jalen Lipen uh, with the Tri-City Americans, and it's uh, Lucas uh, Dragasevich. Um, he is well over a point per game uh, this year in the WHL, leading all WHL defensemen in scoring. Uh, I believe it's 56 points in about almost, in, in I think it's 47 games is, uh, is, is his stat line. He's got good size at 6'2", uh, 180 pounds, right-handed shot. Um, you know, as, as much as we uh, have loved Kevin Korchinski, I think having another guy like him is not a bad idea. Uh, so I, I think that's a guy that could come in uh, to the system, be available late in the first round uh, and be a guy that, hey, if you got Korchinski on power play one in the next uh, four or five years, maybe Dragosevich is on your power play, too. Uh, and, and you got some some nice options there. But uh, that's 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 who I'm looking at uh, outside of the uh, the big four with the Blackhawks. Um, definitely. There, there, like I said, there's a lot of skill in this in this uh uh, in this draft class and a lot of guys who in, late in the first round um, in other years, probably are top 15 picks. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait for draft season to really pick up. Uh, and if you're a diehard member at all chjo.com, you're going to have access to all of our weekly rebuild reports where we keep you updated just like this. We basically put this show into article form every week. Mm-hmm. So you can k- stay up to date. That's what we do with the rebuild report. Uh, and as we get further on, I know there's been a lot of names mentioned in the chat. Uh, also, before I, before we get out of here, going to mention uh, Thomas's uh, super chat. Thank you, CHO Invasion of Minnesota. I have no, no problem 
going to the Twin Cities. I've got some family up there. I love it. Uh, preferably yeah. in the summertime, though. I'm not, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not in a hurry to get up there now, but come June, July, I'll go up there for a Twins game. No problem. Yeah, that'd um, be fine. Yeah, but as we get closer to the draft and we know where the Hawks are going to pick and we know how many picks the Hawks are going to have heading into the draft, we'll definitely be able to break down more of these guys and get more in-depth, not only here on the show, but at allchgo.com. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll start diving more into these prospects once the uh, the NHL portion of this year ends for the Blackhawks. So there'll be plenty more of these types of discussions and articles over on all CHGO, but we're well over time right now. So we got to, we got to <laughs> wrap things up. We had a lot, lot to cover and we didn't even get to all of it. Want to mention too, uh, big NCAA, uh, intra intra season tournament starts on Monday, the bean pot between, yep. uh, Northeastern Harvard, Boston college and Boston university, obviously, uh, Ryan green and drew Camezzo with BU are going to be guys to look at and keep an eye on for, for Blackhawks fans. Um, two guys that I think are going to factor into the future in a couple of years. Absolutely. And uh, if you need uh, a lot of live updates for that, I'm sure our pal Kobe Cohen will be tweeting all about the bean pot. If he's not on the broadcast. Right, exactly. He'll be paying attention to that for sure. Uh, Kobe will keep you updated. So th- that's going to wrap up our uh, a bit lengthy prospect, but we could do this for another three or four hours and not even oh, scratch and- the surface. Absolutely. So keep those questions and those prospect names in handy. We're going to do this more as we move along and get into the offseason, get closer to the drafts. We're going to be focused a lot on the drafts. We're going to give you the best Blackhawks black, uh, draft coverage anywhere. That I can promise you. Uh, as far as the rest, this is our final show for the week. We got the weekend off. Enjoy the All-Star game. Should be a lot of fun. Skills competition tonight, I believe. Rest. And then tomorrow is the actual All-Star game. Yep. Uh, Seth, Seth Jones will be doing the hardest shot. Good luck. Um, and then um, <laughs> there's no Zidane Char, so maybe it's open for anybody. Oh, Ovechkin's in it, though. Uh, all right. Well, <laughs> it's a race for second place, probably. So enjoy the skills competition. I always enjoy that more than the game. We'll be back. Monday was originally going to be an off day, but we're going to actually, Mario and I will be back. Jay will still be on his little vacation. Uh, the Blackhawks will be back practicing Sunday and Monday, so we'll have some on-ice stuff to talk about. There's going to be some extra media availability uh, after practice. So hopefully we'll have some interesting things to talk about. So we'll be on the air Monday and then Tuesday post game after Blackhawks ducks. So right back at it next week, full schedule. We got uh, three games next week, including the takeover. So it should be a lot of fun, but uh, as always, thank you for checking in. Please hit the like button on your way out. Subscribe to the YouTube page. If you haven't leave us a five-star review, wherever you are enjoying this podcast is greatly uh, appreciated. Uh, and I'm Greg and for Mario, thank you again. And hopefully Jay is staying warm up North and had a safe trip to door County. And we look forward to getting them back next week, but until then we'll see you Monday afternoon for another edition of the CHGO Blackhawks podcast.